I am, I'm working my way through this book. It's a very challenging book. It's uh, called All In. You are one decision away from a totally different life. Uh, on the, in the Tuesday morning Bible study, uh, we're looking at a video series based on this book. And the, the writer, the, the writer Mark Batterson who wrote the book, he's, he's got a real gift for these catchy phrases that, that get under your skin and bug you all day like a, like a bug bite or something. So, um, one of them, one of them that got under my skin was he was saying that, that, um, I like having Jesus right behind me. And you heard me with the children today talking about the obvious problem with that. I want to have Jesus behind me is, it, it sounds good. I, I, I like the idea that Jesus is right there ready to help out, um, if I get into trouble. But it is not the same thing as being a follower of Jesus. To be a follower of Jesus, Jesus has to be in front and I have to go where he goes instead of the other way around. So it's a challenging, it's a challenging idea that, that, um, what my, my Christianity mostly boils down to is I want to have Jesus right behind me. And I'm not as comfortable with the idea of being a follower of Jesus. So, so, um, that's what we're going to explore, uh, this week and next week. We're going to be looking at what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And, um, it should be easy, right? You should just be able to look at any Christian and say that's what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. But since um, since I'm a pastor and I feel like, well, don't look at me, and since Mark Batterson is a pastor and he says, well, don't look at me, um, maybe that's not a good idea. Now, I could ask for a show of hands, which of you would make good um, good good examples, but that can only end badly because either you all put your hands up and then I feel really terrible, um, or one or two of you do, and then the rest of us look at you and go, you know, what makes you think you're so special? So, so I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm just going to ask you to kind of imagine to yourself, what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? Just kind of, just kind of stop and think for a minute. What does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? And, and my guess is if, if you're at all like me, you'll start thinking of things like, okay, a follower of Jesus goes to church. Okay, they're regular attendees of church and not just when, you know, there's, there's nothing on TV or there's no fishing or, or whatever, that they come every Sunday. They're good attenders, right? So I start thinking about things like that. Or maybe, maybe I, I maybe have an idea that a, a, a follower of Jesus is somebody who prays a lot. Somebody who spends a lot of time in dedicated prayer. Uh, and I say, well, you know, I'm not such a good follower then because I'm not as good at prayer. As some people, so maybe I'm not a good follower of Jesus because I don't pray so much. Um, maybe my image of of a follower of Jesus is somebody who tithes their income. They they give a tenth of their their income to the church, and um, they they're very generous with the rest of their income. Maybe that's kind of my idea of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. Or or maybe I'm thinking about somebody who goes on mission trips, or uh, somebody who has overcome a bad habit, or or somebody who has the right politics because their their faith informs their their um, their politics and so they they support this cause and they're opposed to that cause or whatever and so I might start thinking about what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in any of these uh, any of these things but but the reason for that is because what I'm really doing is again I'm looking at people and saying that's what it is to be a follower of Jesus and and so I get images of what people do rather than what Jesus calls people to do. And it's not that those things are not right or wrong. I mean, some of them may be good and some of them may be uh, less good. But the point is, that's not the core of what it means to follow Jesus. Those are things that are downstream 
Or maybe they're not even following Jesus. Um, but they're not the core, not the essence of what it is to follow Jesus. So uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to look at this passage um, where John paints a surprising picture of what it means to follow Jesus. So this is in John's Gospel. And the, the setting uh, we heard in the first reading is immediately or, or sometime very soon after the baptism of Jesus. We looked at that last week, how Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist at the Jordan River. And um, then uh, uh, he tells this little uh, testimony about how he saw the Spirit descend. We heard about that last week. And then in the second reading, we this is the, the second day, the next day John again was standing with two, his, two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. Now, the Lamb of God, that's Old Testament language. It has to do with the sacrificial system. Um, and there's actually uh, one of the study questions gives you some places you can turn if you want to dig into that a little more and find out what that's about. But John says he is the Lamb of God. He takes away the sins of the world. And so he points out, Jesus says, that guy right there, he's the Lamb of God. And two of his disciples say, adios. And they follow they follow Jesus instead of John. And they, they, they follow after Jesus. And after a while, Jesus turns and looks at them and says, what are you looking for? It's interesting to me, first of all, that, that Jesus, uh, you know, it says they followed him. And so I'm getting this idea, you know, they're kind of creeping along, you know, don't let him see we're following or whatever. And that's all in my head. Um, later on in John's gospel, we'll see Jesus is very good at giving people the slip. A couple of times a crowd wants to uh, to kill him. And John tells us that that um, they that Jesus passed through their hands. No one no one um, laid hands on him because his time had not yet come. So Jesus is capable of giving people the slip. So whatever I don't I don't I don't I'm just kind of naturally going to this idea they're kind of creeping along behind him. But in any event, Jesus allows them to follow him, and then he turns to them and says, "What are you looking for?" So the first part of being a follower of Jesus, Jesus says, "Figure out what it is that you're looking for." And and the reality is that changes. One of the one of the great things about maturity is you start you start finding out all the things you you thought you were looking for, but really you weren't. But Jesus says, whatever it is, figure out what it is you're looking for, because He wants you to compare Him to what you're looking for, not to something else. He's not saying you need to change what you're looking for. He starts by saying, what is it you're looking for? And then he says, they, they say, Rabbi, where are you staying? And he says, come and see. So the second thing is Jesus says, come and find out. Come and find out if I am what you're looking for. You know, you've probably been to, uh, to, we, we used to do this as a, as a hobby. We'd go to, um, uh, open houses, uh, and eat free cookies and just poke around in the house, look around. And, and you know, some, some, sometimes the realtor will have a little sign, no looky-loos or something like that. Um, but, but Jesus is perfectly okay with looky-loos. Jesus is okay with tire kickers. Jesus is delighted by people who just want to check him out and see if he's what they're looking for. Jesus makes a commitment here. He's saying, he's saying that you obviously, you can't just check Jesus out and get the whole story, right? But he's saying, whatever you do pick up, whatever it is you see, is going to be authentic. You're not going to get a, a, a different picture if you continue to follow me uh, than you did when you first began looking at me. You're going to see the real me and and not something else. You, you'll see more of me as you follow, 
but you won't see something that is different. That first initial impression I make is the authentic me. He says, I'm not going to change. Now, the flip side of that is he says, if, if you go to Jesus and say, well, I like this and I like this, but that other thing, I can't, I can't go there with you. Jesus is not going to say, okay, that's okay, I'll change that, that. It's okay. I'll change to accommodate you. Jesus says, no, it's, you know, I'm transparent. Uh, this is the real me. You're going to see me and this is how it's going to be. Okay. And you're going to get that glimpse. And if it's not what you're looking for, that's fine. But I'm not going to change to accommodate something that you think you're looking for. Jesus says, you see the real me. And I'm not going to change to accommodate your desires. And then the third thing is that the, the, uh, disciples stay with him that day. They come and they see and they stay with him that day and it's 4 p.m. So they're not going to do any discipling today. It's the end of the day. Uh, all they're doing is crashing, right? They're going to go crash wherever Jesus does. They're going to, they're going to go hang with Jesus and get a free meal. They're going to mooch off Jesus. They're not going to be disciples today, but they can. Jesus allows them to come that day. He doesn't say, okay, now what I want you to do is I want you to start saving for the franchise fee. He doesn't say you need to go get your life squared away. He doesn't say you need to conquer this bad habit or you need to start doing this new spiritual practice and then you'll be ready and then you can follow me. It says that day they followed him. At the end of the day, they followed him. They followed him and remained where he was. So Jesus says, now's a good time. Now, John is doing something here. You have to read the whole the whole Gospel of John to pick up on this. But John uses this word a whole bunch of times to stay, and and we don't um, we don't see it because when they translate it in English, they they translate it in ways that it always says the same thing. It says remain or stay or abide. Some of you some of your translations talk about abiding in Jesus, and that's a very important word for John because there are promises that Jesus makes tied in with people who stay with him, people who abide with him. We heard one of them earlier in the service where Jesus said, he said, um, he said, remain in me and I will remain in you. That, that he's not going to leave first. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. And then he says, if you remain in me and I in you, then you will produce much fruit. So there are all kinds of promises that Jesus has, has, uh, that are related to this idea of of staying with Jesus. And John is kind of laying the groundwork for that because he's heard, he's heard Jesus and he knows what Jesus is talking about. And so he's kind of setting that up here. But he says, you can start now. You can start today having that kind of relationship, the relationship that's fruitful, that, that as you mature in your relationship with Jesus will bear much fruit. So he says that can start right away. You can begin having that kind of relation as you stay with Jesus. So that's what it looks like to be a disciple. First of all, figure out what you want. Second of all, look at Jesus and decide, is he it? And, and there's a commitment here that what you'll see is the real Jesus. You won't see kind of a pretty, you know, the, the, the veneer that looks good on the outside, or you won't see something that's inauthentic. You'll see enough of the Jesus to get a real, a real, to make a real decision, a real uh, informed decision. And and he's not going to change. If you don't like what you see, okay, just go look for something else. Jesus says this is going to be the real me, and it's going to stay the real me. So if you if you go chase after something else, and you decide a year from now or five years from now, you know what? I I thought that what I was looking for was this, but really I wasn't. Jesus says I'm still the person you saw before. So he says I am 
that person. So come and see. And if I am what you're looking for, then welcome aboard. That's that's it. You, all you've got to do is just stay with him. And if you stay with him, he'll stay with you. So that's that's what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And what I want to do today, because we're having our charge conference, is I want to just uh, conclude with some applications for us as a congregation. What does it look like for us as a congregation to follow Jesus? Because, of course, we're called to be followers individually. But uh, today, in, in light of the charge conference, I want to say, what does this look like for us as a congregation? Pardon me. Well, the first thing I think we have to do is we have to say, is this, is this a safe place for people to come and see Jesus? That, that Jesus is, is, is telling people, you can come and see. He doesn't tell them you need to go sort out this or that. Jesus makes no requirements of these disciples except that they know what they're looking for. And so that they can, they can evaluate Jesus to see if he, he is it. So, uh, we as a church, have to be a kind of place that that is safe for people to look for Jesus. That we don't establish new requirements that are greater than those that Jesus requires. That people can come here when they're still figuring things out. People can come and say, you know, I don't know what I believe about Jesus. That that I've got some ideas about Jesus. Um, uh, I've, I've been kind of given some pointers. I have some thoughts about Jesus, but I'm not too clear. And I certainly haven't been living in accordance with Christian doctrine. Uh, and, and, and that we be the kind of community that says, okay, come and see. Come and see if Jesus is what you're looking for. So the first thing is that we are a safe place for people to come and see Jesus. And the second one is they see Jesus. See, a lot of the things we do in the church uh, were initially designed to help people see Jesus. But then they take on a life of their own. They become things in themselves. This is the reason so many people at churches say, well, I, I like that church, but I don't care for the music, or I don't like the preacher, or I don't like the kids' programs, or I don't like their ministries of compassion, or I like them, that they take on a life of their own rather than being instruments to help people see Jesus. So the second thing we need to do as a congregation is to make sure that the things we do as a congregation, the things we do together, are evaluated as whether or not they help people see Jesus. And then the third thing is that sometimes, despite our best efforts to, to help people see Jesus, people um, don't see Jesus in what we're doing together. They need they need some some assistance. And so we see in this passage, John the Baptist and Andrew both point out Jesus to other people. We're called to do this in our in our lives, and and I know that that makes people cringe because nobody likes to be an evangelist, right? That's the four letter word that begins with E. Um, no one wants to be an evangelist. But that's because we have all this baggage in our head about we have to save souls. And that's not what it's, that's not what we're called to do. What we're called to do is to point out Jesus. If we, if, if we know somebody who's looking for Jesus, we can say, that's Jesus that way. I see Jesus in this place. I see Jesus doing this thing. That's what evangelism is. And, and what happens next is up to them and Jesus. That, that our role is simply like John the Baptist, like Andrew, to say, here's what I've seen. Check it out. See if it's what you're looking for. So we should do that as individuals. But as a church, we sometimes need to know where Jesus is. We need to know where Jesus is now, and we need to know where Jesus is going. So one of the things we do is we elect officers whose role in the church is 
to help us to see Jesus, to be John the Baptist, to be Andrew, to help us see Jesus, and to help us see where Jesus is going. So we're going to be electing officers in a few minutes who will join our council and join our SPRC and join our nominating committee, and their roles will be to help us to see where Jesus is going. So that is the criterion when we vote for people in our church. We don't vote for them for their talents. We don't vote for them because of a personal relationship we have with them. We don't vote with them because they've been in the church a long time or because they're finding some new blood who hasn't been in the church forever. We don't vote for them for any of those reasons. We vote for them because we believe God is calling them to help us see Jesus. What it means to be a follower of Jesus is to decide, first of all, what it is we're really looking for. And then to try to get close enough to look at Jesus and say, Jesus is or is not what I'm looking for. And if he is, to be welcomed into the community of people who have found Jesus. That's what it is to be a follower of Jesus. And my prayer for this church is that we will be a place that helps people be followers of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for the the ministries of people like John the Baptist and Andrew who have helped us see Jesus. And we pray for this church as we try to help people see Jesus in, in the things we do and in the way we, we behave around them, that we give them a safe place where they can, they can figure out what it is that they see about Jesus and that we try to be transparent so that they can see Jesus through the things we're doing. We pray for the, the work we do, the children's programs, the ministries of compassion, but we pray not that they take on lives of their own, but that they help people see Jesus. And we pray especially for the charge conference today that, that the work we do in it, particularly the work of electing officers, will help us in the year ahead to see where Jesus is taking this church. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.